Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I want to get into uh, with you, my friend, is uh, Trump's tax returns. Uh, what do they tell us about his finances, and do Americans really care? Well, there's been a misimpression that's being given by the New York Times article. The Trump uh, Trump paid about four point six million dollars, I believe it was in twenty sixteen, and another million dollars in twenty seventeen. The Times conveniently forgot to mention that um, there was an overpayment, I believe, or a, a, a extended year payment. So his other taxes came out to something that were very small. But even if he paid no taxes, if he did it legally under the law, I think most Americans are going to say, hey, if you can get away with it, if that's legal, there's nothing wrong with that at all. So uh, I, I think it's a losing story for the Times and for the, uh, for the uh, Post and the others who have been kind of hitting the story. You have the legal right to avoid every tax that you can. Yes. And in fact... And in fact, uh, anyone who doesn't do that is being financially irresponsible. I I think that people don't seem to understand that you know Trump is not <laughs> Trump's taxes are not the problem. It's the whole system that's the problem. <laughs> that seems to be the 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 situation because it's. Because here here's the thing, Frank. You know, he he avoided paying you know certain amount of taxes. Okay. Everybody does. <laughs> it's the strangest thing. Uh, so, Frank, uh, this weekend, tell us about the uh, the radio broadcast, the TV show you've got coming up. Well, we are going to have... Uh, we keep getting interrupted. I'm actually at an airport, so it's a little bit of a problem. Oh, not, not uh, a problem. We're going not to have Judge Pirro uh, on the show, and I think it's going to be an interesting discussion, particularly about the Supreme Court. That's good stuff. Well, Frank, I will let you catch your flight, and uh, I will talk to you soon. Thank you, sir. Take care, James. Thank Appreciate you. it, my friend. There he goes, Frank Vernuccio, and uh, the jet-setting Frank Vernuccio. And we are going to take a brief time out, and when we come back, we have got more coming up on the other side. It is the Big Broadcast. Uh, we let the guests do their own introductions here, so go ahead and uh, give us a brief introduction on yourself. Tell me a little bit about yourself, my friend. Tell me all about it. Okie dokie. Uh, well, I was never really interested in uh, politics. I'm primarily interested in nutrition. I've been into that for like almost 60 years. Yes. But uh, I got into uh, finding out more about politics when I started uh, reading what was going on in this country uh, with the issues, all the issues that are happening today, uh, all the damage that's being done, and I started investigating this and wondering who was behind it. And a lot of it, uh, the primary suspect turned out to be George Soros. Now, I wasn't into politics uh, I have, you know, kept away from politics. I was an independent voter. Uh, 
I, I have not voted for Republican or Democrat. I had not voted for one since uh, the 80s. And uh, I, I vote for a man. I could vote for a Democrat. I can vote for a Republican. I vote for the best man for the job, and that's the way I voted. But I voted for, you know, uh, independent voters uh, for the last, you know, 20, 30 years. Anyway, uh, I was guided in, uh, you know, I didn't know anything much about politics, and I was guided to vote for President Trump. In uh, 2016, I didn't know much about him. I mean, I knew he was uh, in the business, but I had heard him say something on Oprah Winfrey's show maybe uh, 30 years ago, 25 years ago. Uh, she asked him, she, uh, she interviewed the man. I just happened to be watching, I was in a friend's house, and I heard uh, this show, and she asked him if he'd ever run for president. And... Um, did he ever think about running for president? And he replied, well, only if the country needed me. This was his answer. So when I was guided to vote for him, I thought I didn't know anything else much, but I, but his answer and the way he answered it, I thought, well, he is interested in America. He cares about our country. And I didn't like the way... Uh, Obama went around the world bashing the United States. And I saw the videos that, you know, some of the videos and what he was saying about the United States, and I thought, well, that Trump cared about our country, and that's why I voted for him. But I didn't know anything about politics. But since 2016, I've really delved into the subject to find out who was a major suspect behind causing a lot of damage in America. We have got Barbara Cheris with us today. She joins us live here in our big broadcast, Coast to Coast to Border to Border on iHeartRadio. So who exactly is George Soros? He was a Hungarian citizen who applied for American citizenship in the 1960s. He lied in order to receive it, uh, did not admit his Nazi affiliation. Tell us about George Soros, Barbara. Okay, well, I learned that his father sent little George, when he was seven or eight, to live with a prominent man in Hungary who would adopt him as his own child to hide his Jewish ancestry. He was, he was just a little boy at the time. And his father changed his name from Schwartz, his last name from Schwartz to Soros, to hide the fact that he was... Um, of Jewish ancestry, and he was separated far too early from his mother, and he never really ad ad developed any attachment to, to, to other people. So this kind of uh, made me think uh, what his background was really like. And then he started working for the Nazis in his teens, maybe 13, maybe 14, you know, and he became involved with the Nazis, and he cataloged the possessions of the Jews on the way to the, the gas chamber. I saw the video uh, where he was asked how he felt about doing this work because the interviewer realized that, you know, his ancestry was Jewish, and what his answer when he said, no, it was the happiest time of my life. Yep, yep. I thought, the man has no conscience. 
It is Barbara Cherish. She's with us today here in a broadcast. We've got a return visit for the dynamic Barbara Cherish. She joins us live here on the telephone. She's well known for her book, Sharing from the Heart, loaded with lots of great health advice and tips. It took her 33 years to write this book. It's a collector's item, and she joins us today here on the telephone. But the theme for the interview will be, what's disturbing most Americans? Who's to blame? What could be done to unite us? Who are the bad guys splitting us? And are the billionaires to blame? And Barbara has strong strong, sincere opinions, and we'll freely express them today. She joins us live here on the broadcast. In particular, she's very upset with George Soros, and she's telling us why he is a disgrace to America. She is also discussing others who are trying to bring down the United States. Who are some of the other folks out there, Barbara? Well, one of the other people happened to be, um, what's his name, Bill Gates. Oh, yes. yes. The, um, he has no background in medical and he's telling people, you know, all about buying his vaccines after he made an announcement many years ago, telling people, uh, you know, on video, he said that it would lower the population 10 to 15 percent using these vaccines. So he's another uh, sore uh, problem. He's helping, along with George Soros, to bail out criminals who have been connected with damaging, doing $2 billion worth of damage in our country with the rioting and mass looting and uh, breaking up people's businesses. They are behind breaking up our America. And the group that George Soros gave money to was Black Lives Matter, and I'm sure he created a lot of the problems because he has paid off the media also, and they are his friend, and they don't say anything about what he has done to bring our country down. They don't even mention his name, hardly at all. And he started uh, an Open Society Foundation, which has many branches across the, uh, the United States, and he funds each one of these branches with several million dollars to do his dirty work by helping to elect officials and judges. And then they become financially beholden to him, and they make decisions based on George Soros' desires. So we have to get George Soros out of America, and I believe it's time for him to go, and that his money should be confiscated to pay off for the $2 billion of damage that has been done to American cities. This is my feelings. I'm very, very upset about the issues that, uh, that he has, has caused because he's twisted the information that people are receiving from the news media, and they believe the news media uh, to be factual, and they are not factual, and they are reporting um, misinformation and twisting the minds, brainwashing people to believe that uh, what's going on, uh, these are peaceful protesters, but they have caused $2 billion worth of damage. Fifty years ago, if people had started this, sixty years ago, these people would have been shot on sight by the police force for what they are <laughs> yes, doing. Yes, they would and have they are been. Being tampered. 
We have got a uh, great guest with us today. She joins us live. Barbara Cheris is with us, and uh, she joins us live here on a big broadcast. So, getting back to George Soros, um, how did he develop this uh, reptilian nature? He's absolutely, he's got no feeling for the harm he's done. He's become involved with the Nazis in his teens, and worked for them. He cataloged the possessions that were taken from the Jews on the way to the gas chamber. Uh, we all saw the video, the 60 Minutes video, where he was asked how he felt about doing this, meaning whether it disturbed him. He replied, no. It was the happiest time of his life. The man truly has no conscience. Get, l- let's get back to George Soros. Talk to a little bit, of, a little bit about that. Well, I, I try to analyze people and why they do the things they do. And I believe that his problem is that he just, you know, has no feelings towards other people, and all he wants to do is control people. And um, it's a game to him to make his billions by ripping people off. This is what he did in Malaysia, in Thailand, in Russia, in England, in Hungary. He would uh, uh, crash the financial market and wipe out millions of little investors without one bit of conscience. He didn't care about the people that he was taking the money from as long as he was making a billion on a transaction. So he just has no feeling, and I believe it was probably separated from, you know, anyone that cared for him when he was a little child, and then he was raised by a man that, you know, was detached from him who wasn't his own father. And then he joined the Nazis, and of course the Nazis indoctrinated the uh, Nazi youth. The way the Nazi youth were raised, they were uh, told to spy on their own parents and turn them in. You know, the man has no feelings because he was raised as a Nazi. We have got a great guest with us today. She joins us live here on our big broadcast, Coast to Coast and Border to Border on iHeartRadio and also AMFM, 247.com. Tune in iTunes, Radio Loyalty. So how did George Soros amass his billions? Tell us about this. Well, like I did say, he went into five different countries that I know of that are written where he went in there and he did... He had advanced market information. He would dump his uh, everything he had um, after he made his money and wipe out millions of small investors. This is how he created his billions. And he didn't have any feeling about all the people that were losing so he could make his money. I mean, it was all about, you know, a game to him. He already had money. And he, he didn't have one iota of consideration for these little people that lost everything. Weird. So I felt that he was very reptilian because he just had no feeling toward them. And when you look at the man's photo today, he looks reptilian. He has sort of like a very detached face, and his face expresses no feeling for anyone except himself. We've got Barbara Cheris. Barbara Cheris with us today. She joins us live here on our big program. And uh, Barbara, before we let you go, my friend, uh, how do people buy your books and get involved with you online and all the various things? Uh, I'm sorry, I, I didn't how, understand. How do people? Oh well, just buy your books. www. dot com. 
I have my own center, you know, and you can uh, see that, but it really is best. At 1-866-763-1242. And email JiggyJagwire at JiggyJagwire.com. Okay, back live here in our world-famous Jiggy Jaguar Radio broadcast, coast-to-coast and border-to-border on iHeartRadio and also AMFM, 247.com. Tune in, iTunes, Radio Loyalty, you can get a hold of us online. Do that right now. We are going to go to our first guest. They are going to join us today here on Skype. And uh, we have got an interesting, interesting guest we are going to go to here in just a few moments. And uh, they are going to join us here on Skype. And uh, get a hold of us online at JiggyJaguar.com. We've got a uh, great guest joining us today here on Skype. Go ahead and give us a brief introduction on yourself, my friend. Tell us a bit about yourself. Hi, is your name Jiggy or is it James? You can call me whichever you'd like, my friend. What do you prefer? You... We're going to do the interview here. You call me whatever. We've got a great guest with us today. As I mentioned, we let the guests from time to time do their own introductions. So go ahead and give us a brief introduction on yourself, my friend. Tell us who you are. My name is Brinalini Kumari. Now, would you be able to say that or no? Or is that the reason? We're, we're, we're going we're gonna to make an attempt at it, my friend. Now, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, because this interview is about you. It's not about me. It's not about how you pronounce my name. It's not any of that crap. This interview is about you, my friend. So oh. tell us all about yourself. So I'm the co-chairperson for the Indians for the President of the United States, and that's... Uh, and I'm in the fashion business. And I Fantastic. Have, I'm 13 years old and I live in New York City. Fantastic. And right now I'm talking to you from the beautiful hotel, the Trump International from Washington, D.C. Now, uh, how did you get to be the co-chair of the Indian Voices for Trump? Tell us all about that. Uh, I've been friends with Kimberly for a while and I saw what a great job she was doing for the president. And when she asked me, I said, I would love to do it. I love my country. <laughs> I love the president. That's awesome. What a great mix. Let's get it together. So uh, this uh, this president has been, wow, uh, he has been just attacked from all sides by everybody you could possibly think of. Uh, why, why do you think that he is so, I guess, just so much of a punching bag for folks? Because people haven't ever experienced anybody like him. He's honest. He says it from the gut. He says it like it is. He's not a politician. He doesn't care to be one. He cares about the regular people, and the regular people love him. We have got a great guest with us today. She joins us live here on Skype, and uh, just an absolute, absolute amazing, amazing guest with us today. Now, um... You you got to be uh, part of this uh, the, this whole Trump movement, and uh, what what are some of the different things that you've seen so far uh, being involved and uh, and and everything? I've been to the White House twice, so that's been pretty incredible. That's that's uh, awesome experience of a lifetime. I was there for the RNC. Uh, again, outstanding, but I have never seen walking outside the White House and walking back to the hotel, the chaos and the insecurity and the fear that I felt. 
Uh, we couldn't get an Uber. We had to walk back. There was heckling. There were people all over the place. It was looked like I was in Iraq or something. Yes. Seriously. And thank God for the police. I was feeling so, there was a line of police officers and people were heckling them, calling them the worst names possible, oh. cursing at them. And they just had to stand there. It was the... I, I couldn't even believe this was actually happening in the United States of America. So with... I, I know that we hear a lot about, uh, you know, the, the, the Hispanic vote or the black vote. Um, you are the co-chair of Indian Voices for Trump. So what, what, are, what are the Indian folks saying about Trump and, and what, 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 what do they think of the president? The Indian folks back home love him. The Indian folks here are a little confused, so they traditionally voted Democrats, but a lot of it is changing now because they feel that President Trump has been there for them vis-a-vis the economy, vis-a-vis small businesses, and how they've been, what he's done for them throughout COVID. And they are hardworking people. They don't believe in handouts. They believe in working hard and getting what they deserve. Hence, they are where they are today. Fantastic. We have got a great guest with us today. She joins us live here on our big broadcast. And uh, so what, what was what was the RNC like uh, for you? Uh, talk to us about that experience. RNC was, what can I say, jaw-dropping, awesome, nothing that I've ever seen before, sitting outside in the lawn to the White House and hearing everybody talk, and then in the end have it, hearing the president talk. And then every day being in the hotel and seeing uh, all the various uh, talks that they had, right from Ben Carson. He's, by the way, is the one who I thought was amazingly fascinating. His story really inspired me. We have got a uh, tremendous guest with us today. She joins us live here on our big broadcast, Coast to Coast to Border to Border on iHeartRadio. And also AMFM247.com. Tune in, iTunes. And uh, so you have got uh, a great background. Uh, you've, you've got a great education. Um, so talk to us about the U.S.-India relationship. I think the U.S.-India relationship is a great place right now. And President Trump has been very supportive. The trade talks are doing very well. Uh, in fact, in my opinion, President Trump has actually been very lenient towards India in a lot of ways, and that's he's been very generous with India, in my opinion. Uh, he's not taken such a hard-line approach as he, as he has with China, which as he should, but uh, so India and, and America are uh, in a good place. Ch- in America even supported India during this whole uh, skirmishes in the Him- Himalayan region that happened just now. So for us, President Trump is a rock star. That's awesome. Our Prime Minister That's Modi, awesome. and they both get along very well too. Now, uh, why? What? What do you think uh, is is the big reason why folks are just that? President Trump's one of these guys that uh, you either love him or you hate him. <laughs> There's no in between with, with with President Trump. I don't think that's really true, Jiggy, because people okay. who thought that to be uh, true earlier, who hated him, now what they're seeing is what's happening with the Democratic Party and what's happening to the safety and security. Yes. They around very fast. So that hate has now turned to liking. 
In fact, there's more hatred towards the other part who are letting their hate for President Trump actually yes. get destroyed. So in the end, nobody wants to feel unsafe. Nobody wants to have a bullet in themselves while walking out to get to some a coffee or milk. Yeah. Well, uh, there is a, a lot going on, and uh, according to sources, 68% of Indian-born immigrants living in the U.S. have college degrees, while uh, the rates of self-employment, entrepreneurship... Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> we've got all sorts of people calling in here, trying to jump in here. Uh, so, so talk to us a little bit about the... Uh, the education rate and everything uh, for for the folks over in India. Yeah. For folks over in India, meaning like yes, yes, just just give 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 us some details here. We've got a great guest joining us here on the telephone. She is chatting with us. We have got our next guest who is just burning up our phone lines here. And uh, please hold, my friend. We're in the middle of a program. So um so so. Give, give, give us some more details here on uh, the education and some of the different things that are going on over there. Indians are very into education. That's yes. a, a really important aspect of their lives. We strive to be educated. We put in all our money to have our children get educated. So schools are very important, teach, and we respect education a lot. And hence, we are rewarded for our love for education. And there is no country in the world for education like the United States of America. Fantastic. Fantastic. They don't love their country. I can assure you a lot more from India would like to come here. (laughs) That is is tremendous. That is tremendous. We have got a great cast of this today. She joins us live here in our big broadcast. And uh, so as we go, my friend... um, what 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 can folks do to uh, to to get the word out? Do you have a website? Anything you can direct us to? My name is Murnalini Kumari, and uh, you can find me on the uh, Indian Voices for Trump. Okay. And uh, not that active on social media because I'm getting slammed so much these days. So yes. Petrified to even open it. So it's one of those things. <laughs> well, uh, well, I appreciate you making time for us today. I definitely want to have you back when we have a little bit more time, and also we uh, can uh, not be interrupted as much. I apologize for that, but uh, I will definitely be in touch, my friend. Thank you for being with us. This has definitely been fun. I've enjoyed chatting with you. Thank you, Jiggy Jaguar. Take care of yourself. Thank you, my friend. You have yourself a wonderful day. We are going to go to our next guest. They are going to join us here in just a few moments. They are burning up them phone lines, as they say. And uh, we have got more coming up on the other side. It is the big broadcast, coast to coast, to border to border. Our next guest joins us next.
If you're over the age of 50 and considering buying an annuity in the next 60 days, I have some important news for you. Don't buy an annuity until you understand the pros and cons of annuities. A free book to help you maximize your retirement income from television host and three-time author Josh Melberg has been released. This book reveals little-known truths about annuity strategies in simple-to-understand terms. Grab a pen right now because we are about to offer you this free book that unlocks the five little-known secrets we believe baby boomers and seniors should know before buying an annuity. Call 800-378-8005 now and you'll receive a free copy of Josh Milberg's book, Next Gen Annuity Strategies Revealed. As a bonus, we'll also send you a copy of The Number One Mistakes Retirees Are Making With Their Investments Today and a free DVD on how you can get up to 33% more income in retirement. Call 800-378-8005. That's 800-378-8005. Employees of J.D. Milberg Financial have the appropriate licenses for the products they offer. Visit and shop today at shirtsandapparel.com. At Shirts and Apparel, they make it fun and easy to design your own t-shirts, customize a hat, hoodie, jackets, jerseys, and more. Need just one custom printed t-shirt? No problem. Just add your images or custom text on their t-shirts, and they'll print it and ship it to your front door fast. There are no minimum orders and no setup fees, so you can design just one custom shirt with front and back printing for only $10. Choose from many styles of t-shirts and apparel at shirtsandapparel.com. They also have hundreds of other products you can customize. Some of their most popular are custom drink koozies, coffee mugs, posters, stickers, clipboards, igloo coolers, and much more. So add your custom message, logo, or favorite photos on their t-shirts, hats, and more at shirtsandapparel.com and make them yours. Shirtsandapparel.com. Are you feeling creative? Download the iHeartRadio app to hear us live as live can get. Search J-I-G-G-Y-J-A-G-U-A-R. You will hear great bits like this from Barry Farber, legendary conservative talk show host. Make the difference. But look, man, I got to thank you uh, for giving me this much time, this much respect. You have really made today a great pleasure for me, and I want to thank you for it. Once you've downloaded the iHeartRadio app, search J-I-G-G-Y-J-A-G-U-A-R and listen to all of our past episodes and future episodes of the world-famous Jiggy Jaguar Show, all categorized by hour. Well, I, I, well, I just want to say I love what you do, James, but I, I love what you're doing. I love this. Back to the Jiggy Jaguar Show on the network. Welcome back to our big broadcast. We are live Coast to coast and border to border on 50 plus AM FM stations across the country and around the world. iHeartRadio as well. We have got a great guest coming up here in just a few moments. Lots of things happening. And you can get them all available on our website, JiggyJaguar.com. Broadcasting today here on 50 plus AM FM stations across the country and around the world. iHeartRadio and Spotify as well. Get a hold of us each and every day at J-I-G-G-Y-J-G-U-A-R.com. We have got a tremendous, tremendous guest to uh, kick off our broadcast day here. Jess Stainbrook is going to be with us here in just a few moments. The Executive Director of Invisible Disabilities Association. Uh, get more information, Invisible Disability Association is available online, inv- invisibledisabilities.org. And... Uh, Let's go to the telephones and uh, go to Jess. How are you, my friend? 
I'm doing great. Thanks for the invite. Yes, yes. Thanks for being on the broadcast today. Now, um, stress, uh, a, a de- basically a, a big problem in the United States. Um, it seems to be a, a debilitating invisible disability. Um, let's talk a little bit about this. But before we do this, tell me about your organization here, first off. Well, probably the definition of invisible disabilities would help uh, everybody, and I'm sure a lot of people that deal with this uh, stuff. It's you know, invisible disability is something where uh, a disability that affects somebody it could be a chronic illness or disease. Uh, or pain. Um, it's something like MS or diabetes or epilepsy. You know, you don't necessarily see it. A person can look fine, and um, you know, but you don't know what it is that they're living with, right? Yes. And so our association has been advocating for those folks, helping them out, raising awareness, different things like that. Um, and what we're recognizing in this time of COVID is that it's all new situations, right? A lot of stress, a lot of anxiety. You know, you look at alcoholism has gone up, drug abuse has gone up, domestic violence and suicide rates have gone up, all because people are kind of locked down and, and not used to what was their normal routine. So, yeah, we're just uh, doing our best to, to help everybody out in those situations. Well, it is a uh, tremendous, tremendous organization. I'm glad that we've got you on with us today here in our big broadcast. So uh, this... This thing with stress, uh, it, it, it has definitely been a, uh, an interesting deal. There is no doubt that the combination of COVID and what is going on in cities throughout the country has created more than the usual amount of stress in most of us. Add that to the politics and uh, the matter side of the aisle you are on, you have a recipe for overwhelming stress. With us today to discuss this is uh, Invisible Disabilities and a way to develop you and yours and deal with stress. We've got the executive director of the organization with us today. And uh, so first off, uh, how long has the association, the Invisible Disabilities Association, been around? One of its purposes? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, Invisible Disabilities Association has been around since 1996. It came about as a result of the founder, Wayne Cannell, and his wife, Sherry. Sherry actually lives with a bunch of different invisible disabilities, such as MS, Lyme disease, um, PTSD. And so, um, you know, she had coined the term way back then because, again, she was in that situation of people would say, well, you look good. You know, as a matter of fact, they even wrote a book called You Look Good, So You Look Good, right? Um, and, and that's a pretty regular comment that people would make to her, assuming that she's fine, not dealing with uh, pain or all the other conditions of her invisible disabilities. So, yeah, it's, it's really been an effort for um, moving things forward in allowing the voice of the people living with invisible, invisible disabilities to come forward and so people can understand it. I mean, it's, it's not really that much different than any other disability. You just can't see what's going on because they're not using a wheelchair or a mobility cane or they don't have a hearing aid in their ear. You know what I mean? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. We have got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here. On our big broadcast, the executive director of the Invisible Disabilities Association, uh, Jess Steinbrock, is with us today. And uh, so there are some startling stats on stress during this time of COVID. What are some of the factors causing stress? And what are some of the statistics? 
Yeah, the statistics, I mean, you can look anywhere around the statistics. I mean, it's, uh, you know, the numbers are all over the place as far as the increase in things that I mentioned earlier uh, based on this lockdown thing. I mean, we've, we've essentially traded things out, right? We're spending more time with our spouses or our partners or our families and not spending as much time uh, interacting with our, our uh, co-workers and in the corporate situation. So, you know, we really uh, looked at that situation and how it was affecting people, and we've really been moving into some uh, programming and some other initiatives, uh, both at the legislative and the grassroots level, to help people deal with this stuff. One of the things we're, we, we've got coming up here in November, uh, the 16th to the 21st, is called the Love Ideas Summit. And we basically gathered, um, you know, 10 of the, the world's top relationship experts to spend five days, two hours a day, if you want it, to um, talk to us about, hey, how do you get through this new situation? How do you overcome this? Um, how can you be better in the relationships as a result of the increased stress, like you said? Hey, whether it's politics, whether it's just, you know, it might be a job loss. It could be just the stress of being together. But, you know, everybody's a little tense these days. We have got a tremendous guest with us today. Jess Stainbrook is with us. He uh, joins us here in our broadcast. InvisibleDisabilities.org is the official website. Go over and check out out today. And uh, he joins us today here on our big broadcast, Coast to Coast and Border to Border on iHeartRadio and also AMFM247.com. Tune in, iTunes, and of course uh, you can find us at TalkShoe as well. Uh, why is stress so dangerous to our well-being, and how does it often manifest? Oh, my goodness. Uh, you know, anybody that's got stress could probably give you that information as well. The, the, um, the, you know, obviously, you know, it, it increases your heart rate, you know, risk of heart attack. Um, you know, uh, it, it puts pressure on the people around you, right, um, because you, you might have to be short-tempered or something like that. So, yeah, there's a lot of these things that, again, have kind of amplified what may have been uh, otherwise simple things to deal with and made them more stressful and, and, and given us more anxiety in the context of, of being closer together. Well, it is definitely uh, a, a, a stressful time. We have got a, a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on our big broadcast, and we want to talk a little bit more about the Invisible Disabilities Association, the IDA. It's a 501c3 nonprofit. IDA is about believing. We believe you. The frequently invisible nature of illness and pain may lead to disbelief about that illness or pain by uh, those surrounding the person or who lives daily uh, with uh, invisible disabilities. And we have got the head man over there at Invisible Disabilities. You can get more information at invisibledisabilities.org. Check it out today. It's invisibledisabilities.org. So uh, you've got a lot of different things here. Um, you put together a 12-hour streaming program to help people deal with stress, especially with regard to how it impacts them personally and their relationships. Tell us about this and how the viewers will benefit from this. Tell us all about it. For sure. So coming up here November 16th to the 21st, uh, we created this thing called the Love Ideas Summit, and IDEAS stands for Invisible Disability Education Awareness and Support. Um, again, we're trying to help all of our friends living with this stress and anxiety 
So we gathered a bunch of relationship experts and pulled them together. People that, you know, you've probably heard about or read their books. Um, people like John Gray, who wrote Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Yep, yep. Um, Gary Chapman, who did The love, the Five Love Languages. Um, so we have a bunch of these guys. John John O'Leary, you know, who wrote In Awe um, and, and was burned over 95% of his body, um, but, but, but came back and just inspiring speakers to, to give us information. And then we also did some, some roundtables for each one of these daily events. And this whole thing is free, by the way, the um, so so all they got to do is go to that website, invisibledisabilities.org, and uh, you just click a button and you can sign up for this whole thing. But the roundtables we did, we, we kind of went out into different communities talking with different kinds of folks about uh, specific situations. So whether it's how you're dealing with um, business um, or other relationships, we've got a bunch of those things as well. Fantastic. It definitely sounds like you've got uh, you've got a lot of great things going on. Uh, so how difficult was it to get some of these experts to uh, partake in this whole thing? Well, you know, it's interesting. The great thing about all these folks is that they're, they're seeing the, the dramatic shift in what's going on. And because they're all, you know, professional relationship speakers and authors, they, they all donated their time and were more than willing to join us on this adventure. Again, it's why we made the event free. Um, it's why we put a bunch of different days together. So, you know, when you tune on, in on Monday, there'll be two options for speakers, and then that roundtable I was talking about. So, And then a bunch of bonus uh, material that we're, we've collected from other folks dealing with things as well. So talking about, you know, blended family situations. And then every day you've got that same thing. Uh, another two speakers will join us. Um, and then on the last day, we're actually having fun with it. On Saturday, the 21st, we're doing what we're calling the world's largest online date night where, you know, we'll have a comedian, some music, and a movie that you can enjoy with your partner or your spouse or your family. Fantastic. Well, it sounds like it is a uh, tremendous, tremendous event. Uh, so how can our listeners learn more about this, uh, this summit, the Love Ideas Summit? Tell me all about it, my man. Yeah, the Love Ideas Summit, you can go to loveideas.org. Um, or again, if you tune into our website for more information about invisible disabilities, that's invisibledisabilities.org. Um, you can find all of the information there. Um, the other things that we're working on that are pretty big, you know, we started some legislation called the National Disability ID. Yep. And, uh, yep. and, and that's around um, the, uh, the option of having a designated symbol on your driver's license or something like that that would help you out in situations. Um, it actually came up in a situation in Ohio where a guy was driving and he got pulled over, and when he handed his uh, license to the law enforcement officer, he did not make eye contact. And, you know, you can see the issues that are going on with law enforcement today, and that puts them on high alert, you know. And Well, they walked the car while they were checking things out, and uh, he was fumbling around. They, they, they thought he was drunk. And so to protect everybody, they, they pulled him out and they handcuffed him. Well, the man has autism. Ooh. And so that entire interaction wow. would have gone differently had that symbol or marker been on his ID. Now, it's a voluntary disclosure. Not everybody wants you, you know, everybody to know that they've got uh, an invisible disability. And then we have a grassroots efforts that we've started as well, just a tag that you can get and wear um, that, you know, helps people on public transportation or if you're going through airports um, or if you go, you know, even walking into a restaurant, you know, 
that somebody would say, hey, how can I help you? So those are a couple of the initiatives that we're working on. Again, helping people that are living with invisible disabilities these days. Fantastic. Well, uh, you've got a great thing going here. Good luck with everything, and thanks for making time for us today. Thanks for coming on the program. Thanks for the invite, and uh, it was great spending some time with you. Definitely. Have yourself a wonderful day. We'll talk soon. Thank you, sir. All right, see you. Appreciate it. There he goes. Just Stain Brock, and we have got more coming up on the other side. We are live, and you are listening to the world famous Chicky Jaguar Radio Broadcast, coast to coast and border to border on iHeartRadio today, Spotify, and of course, Talk Shoe as well. You can find us at our website, com. Also, TuneIn app as well. Podcasts are available each and every day as soon as we go off the air. And you can get more information at TalkShoe on those. We are going to go to our first guest. Uh, They are joining us here on the telephone. And uh, go ahead and give us a brief introduction on yourself, my friend. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Hello? Go to Wichita, Kansas. This will be a taped interview with uh, James, or he goes by Jimmy. All right. He's yes, yes. Now, yes. Awesome. How are you? I'm uh, a little bit tired, but um, doing very well. Thank you. How are you? Pretty good, actually. Well, give us a little bit of an introduction. Tell us a little about yourself. Um, I, um, I could start, uh, from many different angles, but, um, I'll say that I'm, uh, currently a professor at Columbia University's Teachers College. I focus on studying the role of education in, um, uh, really helping rebuild, uh, decimated countries, and within that there are many topics I focus on. And the book that I just wrote and published, The Cat I Never Named, is part of my effort to... Um, educate, um, in particular, Americans, but also teens and adults around the world about the effects uh, that hatred can have, uh, which I had experienced during the genocide against Bosnian Muslims in early 1990s. Now, uh, this book is absolutely amazing. Tell me a little bit more about the book and why you decided to write it. Um, Thank you for that uh, compliment. I was um, um, asked a, uh, a very uh, difficult question by my younger daughter a couple of years ago. She was in third grade when she came back from school one day. She came to me and she said, Mom, what will happen to me and Jana, her older sister, if you and Dad are taken away as Muslims or immigrants? And um, that question jolted me. It really made me feel that I was abdicating my responsibility as a genocide survivor to speak out against hate um, and warn America where hate could take us um, through my own story. Um, And it also made me think of a moment um, when I came to the U.S. for the very first time, um, standing in the immigration line um, after nearly four years of living through uh, constant bombing, being cut off from the rest of the world, not having access to food, to electricity, not having normal schooling, which is something that most parents and kids can relate to today. So I was afraid that I would be rejected from um, the United States of America, and the immigration officer 
who looked through my documentation, took a while to examine it, um, gave me back my passport and said, Ma'am, welcome to the United States of America. I am sorry for what happened to you. You are safe now. Holy smokes. And that was the moment uh, that I think changed me forever um, and made me believe in our shared humanity. And um, that is um, the moment that inspired um, this story. And I hope my, my story, The Cat I Never Named, inspires Americans in the way that um, that moment uh, empowered me. Well, it is it is quite the book. Um, tell me a little bit about what the feedback you've been you've been getting and receiving on the book so far. Um, the book um, has um, so far received, in terms of the sort of book critics world, um, has received a five starred reviews, uh, which I understand is um, uh, exceptional um, and rare, and I'm deeply grateful for that. But to me, the most important feedback that I'm getting is coming from um, average readers, um, moms, fathers, um, teens, who um, in many cases know nothing about Bosnia or what happened um, in uh, my old country. They may have liked the cover or someone else recommended the book. Um, And um, typical comment that I get is, I got your book, I started reading, and I thought I would read a couple of pages, and here I am, it's three in the morning, I finished the book, I can't stop crying, and I had to reach out. Um, And those emails are often, uh, or messages on social media are often deeply touching, uh, because they remind me that there was a purpose to writing this story. And just yesterday, I heard from an American soldier who served in Bosnia, and he was deployed um, around the world, um, who reached out and said that he was so deeply moved that he cried in a way that he never did with any other story. And um, he only wished that he could have read my book before being deployed um, uh, abroad as as an American soldier. Absolutely amazing. It is a fantastic, fantastic new book. Now, uh, what do you want readers to take away from your writing of this book? Um, I, I hope people will be inspired to change what they can change in their lives at this very moment. I know that this is an extraordinary time that we're going through in the U.S. and um, in the world with the pandemic, with the rise in hatred and social unrest, and people feeling that they can't even have conversations anymore. Um, so my hope is that uh, when readers read my book, they will forget that they are reading about a Bosnian Muslim, that they will uh, begin to identify with my experiences and, and emotions, that they will be moved in a way that they will look at what it is that they can do in their daily lives to become uh, a better version of themselves, better neighbors, better friends, better family members, better teachers, better students. And I think if we all can do a little bit of that uh, self-improvement, we can become a more socially cohesive nation, which I know uh, seems difficult to imagine for some people at this time. It is a, a tremendous, tremendous book. We have got a great guest with us today. She joins us live. The Cat 
I never named. It is a, a tremendous, tremendous book. Now, talk to me about why you decided to write now and write with a young adult audience in mind, knowing that it would be read by teens and it would would also need to be uh, included in some of the disturbing scenes, th- things of that nature. Um, well, I think storytelling is important in order for us to come together and get to know each other. I often um, uh, find that um, um, in the context of education, in the context of interactions that I have, um, even students will come to me and say, well, I've never met anyone like you who has survived genocide or has a Muslim background. And so I think that storytelling is incredibly important, and I learned that um, the very first time um, when I was in the war as a teen, asked to be a teacher in the classroom. Many of um, my teachers were killed and injured, and I was asked to teach at the elementary school level and high school, even though I was a teen myself. And um, that was a moment when I realized that um, connecting the content that students were learning in the class to their lived experiences into powerful emotional stories was important because it was inspirational to them. And so I do hope that this book is inspirational um, to teens and adults alike, um, that they will be inspired to make a difference in the world after reading the story. Now, how do people find you on social media, websites, all these things? Um, I have to say I was not a, an active social media user before the pandemic, but I've learned that I have to do that if I want to interact with uh, people out there. Um, so they can uh, find me um, on Twitter, at uh, Amra Sabic, Ph.D. They can found, uh, find me on Facebook and Instagram um, under my full name, at Amra Sabic El Reyes or they can simply go to my personal website, uh, sabicelreyes.org. Um, and um, if all that um, uh, proves to be difficult, they can simply Google the cat I never named as the title of the book, and um, uh, they will find their way uh, um, to me as, as the author. We have got a great guest with us today. She joins us live here in her broadcast. Talk to us about how the understanding of the reality of the bike uh, prior to the war help us stay vigilant as we try to create communities free of racism and violent conflict. Um, my hometown of Bihach was a diverse city, um, and... I was a teen who loved volleyball, who was a complete math and physics nerd, who had great friends of different um, ethnic backgrounds, um, and I even started to fall in love with the with the boy when the war was about to start. Um, and uh, so it may seems, uh, seem to American teens or Americans in general that when they see initially the description of uh, my book that... Um, this is a story that's perhaps related to a distant place and a distant time. Uh, but I think they will very quickly realize that I was very much a teen like anyone else is today um, in the United States. Um, but then my life and my world really changed instantly, and it only changed because a hatred dominated the narrative and defined uh, really the events that took uh, place um, in my country. So I think 
the the lesson from my own experience growing up in a diverse city that overnight became uh, besieged um, and really imprisoned me in a way uh, as a Bosnian Muslim, uh, which then led into constant bombing and starvation. Um, there's a lesson for everyone in America that this is not something that we would ever want to occur here, but we need to be reminded that hatred is not exclusive to any one nation, any one person, and it happens here. It happens every day that uh, many uh, young people uh, feel excluded um, and experience violence because of who they are. Well, it is a uh, tremendous, tremendous book. Uh, you've put a lot of time and effort into this. It is, it is definitely something I would be proud of. Um, so are you planning on a follow-up or anything at this point? Um, I am. I am. I am working on a couple of ideas, and certainly one idea um, is um, continuing the story from the cap I never named and uh, really telling um, and sharing what my experience um, uh, was like as a Bosnian Muslim, as a first-generation um, immigrant um, to this country, um, and particularly leading up to the experience and the events um, that unfolded on September 11th. Well, uh, the book is absolutely amazing. Uh, I appreciate you making time for us today. I guess before we let you go, um, where, where do you see this, this book going? Well, what are some of your goals for this book? Well, my, my primary goal is for the book to inspire and to educate. Um, I am a big believer in education. Um, I will share one detail with you that um, in the midst of the war, when uh, my father thought that the Serb military would um, execute us and um, that that was really the end for us as Serb military was approaching my neighborhood and they were burning a hill um, right across uh, where I had lived um, in my hometown of Bihać. Um, my father um, uh, said to me at that time, uh, Amra, I may no longer be able to save you. Um, we may all be killed, um, and uh, you, may, uh, uh, you may be raped. Um, and, uh, but one thing that no one can take away from you if you survive this uh, war is your education. So I hope that those who read this book will be inspired to self-educate and educate others um, after they read the cat I never named. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate you making time for us today. Thanks for coming on our program, and we will talk to you soon. Thank you, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. There she goes, and we've got more coming up on the other side. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.